0: I changed my money mindset, I changed my goals. Two years later after graduating, I booked a one-way ticket to Ireland and that was the very beginning of my decade-long journey around the world.
1: Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today has a beautiful name and I'm going to find out during this conversation why she has such a beautiful name. She is the travel coach, and she's the founder of the Travel Coach Network. And in 2023, she was named the most influential woman in travel. And the other good news is she just very recently got married. Congratulations, Sahara Rose and welcome to Most Memorable Journeys.
0: Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. So
1: how was the wedding?
0: It was beautiful. Yes, uh, it was in my hometown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the U.S. And we are right across from Lake Michigan. And it was a beautiful day and a beautiful venue. So we couldn't have asked for anything more.
1: Wonderful. So, you know, married life, you'll see what's going to happen. I've been married for, I don't even remember how long. So if you need any help, I can, (laughs) I'm your woman. Perfect. (laughs) yeah. So Sahara Rose is a quite an unusual name, I would say. Do your parents travel?
0: No. So I don't know. I think my mom just had something in her that just knew that I was destined to be a wanderer. My family were not travelers. Uh, my grandma actually passed away uh, a handful of years ago with never going on a plane before. And no one traveled for business in my family, our extension of fam- of travel was in the family van from Wisconsin, which is in the northern U.S., down to Mexico, where my grandmother's family was from, and then up to Canada in the Quebec region uh, to visit my grandfather's family in the van. So that was the amount of travel that we did uh, in my family. But my, um, I don't know, my mom just really liked the name. Uh, it was a friend, a family friend. Uh, they were from Persia. And they had a niece named Zahara with a Z. And when she found out she was pregnant and it was a girl, she asked if she can use the same name, but she wanted to use an S to make it look a little bit more Americanized. But there also happens to be a Sahara flower and it looks like a rose. And her favorite flower is a rose. So she named me Sahara Rose. <laughs>
1: That's beautiful. What a beautiful name. And it's also easy to, you know, because you do travel a lot. And when I named my children, because I was a tour guide when I was young for 11 years, and I wanted to make sure that my kids like to travel. And I wanted to use names that can be used anywhere in the world. And Mm -hmm. uh, my kids are called Natalie and Alexander. And that's, you know, wherever you go, people will understand. And I think it's the same with your name. It's practical (laughs) as well. So your mom did you a favor without even realizing it when she, when she liked that name. So how old were you then when you were on a plane for the first time?
0: Uh, My mom took me to, I think the very first time was we went to Disneyland. I, or Disney World, I should say. And that was the very first time going on a plane. And my mom was a single mom and I'm an only child. And so we didn't have very much money uh, when we were younger. And so whenever my mom was able to uh, save up, we could go on a trip. So I remember we also went to Colorado with her friends and went skiing. So there were some domestic trips when I was uh, little, but it was kind of that same stigma about travel, which is you have to save a lot. It's quite expensive. You can only go a couple of times a year. So I grew up always, travel was never something I thought that I could do on my own and travel the world. And also I never left the States other than Canada and Mexico. So I didn't know until I got older how grandiose this world is and how many beautiful places there are to explore.
1: Yes, but you know, um, years ago, uh, let's say, I sometimes forget how old I am, but let's say like 30, 40 years ago, people only traveled once or twice a year. I mean, people who traveled twice a year were already quite, that was already quite the luxury. You went on holidays once a year and that was fine. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. It's something that, you know, um, you know, t- it takes time and everything, but it's something that I, when I started backpacking, I wanted people to learn that, you know, you can fit travel. Travel also doesn't mean you have to go to another country. You don't have to get on a plane and go abroad, travel. You can travel in so many different ways, even locally too.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I was a tour guide in the U.S. as well. And I, used to work out of New York or Miami or LA. And I know that you can travel all your life in the United States without yeah. having to leave. And you will have something to do every year, all your life. So um, it, of course, always depends how big your country is. But how did it start then? When, When? why did you go abroad? What made you, when did you catch the bug? Because you've got the bug. Yeah,
0: I, I definitely <laughs> had the bug for quite some time. Ah, uh, When I was in high school... I was, it was probably, I had about a year left before I was going to college. And I started hearing about this concept of backpacking Europe. It's when people started, you know, doing it more and it became more uh, talked about. And I remember saying to my best friend, like, we should try backpacking Europe. But of course, our parents didn't let us take off from university. Uh, We were going to take a gap year first and then go travel and then go to university. But that didn't work out. And so I went through university, but I was never someone who knew what my path was in life. I I have a lot of different talents. I always tried different things. I had many different jobs. I enjoy different things, but I never found what I was passionate about. So I changed topics in, in university often the first two years. But then the third year, uh, my mom was going through some hardships. So I was moving from Arizona University to Chicago to go to a different university, to be closer to her in Wisconsin. And uh, I had a very little window of time to find a new school to go to. And I came across a tourism and hospitality program at a university called Roosevelt. And I said, travel, that sounds great. Who doesn't wanna learn about travel? So I I applied and I got in, I moved to Chicago and it was a two-year program. And it was within that program that I was really exposed to all the different things that were existing in this world to go and explore. So there were many foreign exchange students in my classes, and I had never been really exposed to that. And I had heard about how easy it was to travel throughout Europe and, and Asia and all these different countries people had been to. And I remember sitting in that class and being like, I had this fire within me. And I said, I, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go travel the world. I'm going to do it by myself. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I didn't have money. I was broke. I was living in an expensive city and paying for university. I changed my money mindset. I changed my goals. Two years later, after graduating, I booked a one way ticket to Ireland. And that was the very beginning of my decade long journey around the world.
1: So Ireland was the first country apart from Canada, Mexico was the first yes. country abroad.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I went to I chose Ireland because I was going to do Western Europe. And at the time, my mom had a friend who had a friend in living in Ireland. And I thought it would might be a nice cushion in the very first place I'd been to by myself to have someone there to show me around. So I chose Ireland, but also it was further out and I wanted to work towards the mainland and then go back out and fly out of England. So kind of did a loop around and um, I chose Ireland and it feels like it was yesterday, but also feels like it was so long ago. And that was in twenty ten, two thousand and ten.
1: That's 13 years ago. So a lot yeah. has happened since. So did you go oh, to absolutely. Ireland, England and then you went back to the U.S. Or did you continue?
0: So I thought that after... I went for a month and a half because I bought a URL Pass at the time. And it went. it was good for a month and a half. And I thought that after that trip, I was going to be good with my travel fix. I thought I was going to come back home and figure out what city I want to live in, what job I wanted to have, what company I wanted to work for. But I knew in my heart that doing that was not going to make me happy. I didn't want to sit in an office and I didn't want someone to tell me when I could take a vacation or not. And I really liked how I felt traveling, that sense of freedom, that sense of like what I was learning. And I came back home for the holidays and I bought a ticket to one-way ticket to Costa Rica packed a bag and went for two and a half months in central america and that i think after that i just realized this is what i want to continue to do and so i would kept doing that i'd come back home see my mom repack my bag then go to asia and then i but i would always buy one way tickets i never really knew when i wanted to come back i would just i didn't know exactly where i wanted to go i just wanted to keep on going at
1: some point when you just travel all the time you run out of money so you must have had an idea of uh, how to finance this, uh, this hobby. And I can tell you something else because I was a tour guide when I was young for 11 years and I was a conference interpreter and it, you will never heal. That bug will stick to you forever and it mm-hmm. will always come back. So what did you yeah. do to finance your travel?
0: Yeah, I actually never ran out of money. Um, I've been to over 84 countries, and I've never ran out of money. Um, and I've I paid for all my trips myself. I've never had anyone pay for it. I never won trips. Never did any of that. I never actually worked while traveling. Um, travel actually could be very affordable. And so I said, essentially, what I did was, but going back to my two years in university in that hospitality and tourism program, I went from literally being like broke. I barely, I had asked my mom for money to pay, help me pay bills and groceries. I changed my money mindset. I looked at my calendar and I said, where can I pick up more work? I did a lot of random flexible jobs that I also enjoyed. So I did a lot of nannying and babysitting before I would go to working in a restaurant. And then I would pick up more shifts or I'd work at two restaurants at a time. I'd work at events in Chicago that would have good pay. And also I got to meet different people. So I was really, I was working a lot and I was saving money. So if you're working all the time, you don't really have time to spend the money. Um, So I also looked at my expenses, what was necessary and what wasn't. And I, what bills could I cut down? So I didn't have a car to pay for. I didn't have a cable TV or anything. So I really limited what I was spending. And before I knew it, I had a good amount of savings and I traveled off my savings. And I would always, when I was traveling, I'd have an estimate. I knew how much based on how long I was traveling for after a while, I knew how much roughly I would be spending. Um, so if I s- traveled for six months, usually it would be about a $10,000 budget. Um, usually, um, give or take, depending on what region of the world, because everywhere, you know some places are more expensive. But I spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, which is extremely affordable once you get there, um, South America, but I would always keep an eye on my bank account. And I knew that I never wanted to get myself in a situation where I didn't have money because at the time I was also helping my mom out financially. And I never wanted to be in a situation where not only could I not help myself out, I couldn't help my mom out. But I also wanted to enjoy my travels because I felt like I deserved it. So I would come back home after I my account got to a certain level. I'd come back home, see my mom, work in some more jobs. I always had flexible jobs. And some of my bosses kind of knew what my lifestyle was like. And they were good paying jobs. I would literally do anything that I could make money. I'd sell my art. I would... Um, find old furniture on the curb, and I'd refurbish it and sell it online. So a little bit money here and there, and it adds up. And so I really learned to be frugal. And I learned to how to manage and make money too. Um, Because my goal was to travel. My goal was also to make sure I was financially stable. And that change in mindset, that traveling really helped so much because it's the same approach I took to bootstrapping and funding b- two businesses that I own to this day, without ever running out of money, without ever getting loans, without ever getting grants, without ever getting anything from anyone else, and still being able to create a lifestyle that I I enjoy.
1: There was a lot of information in that last bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, you that you were t- t- because <laughs> for the people who are listening to us, like one very important thing is to you said you had a rough idea how much this trip is going to be. Like you were you 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 mentioned ten thousand or or you knew more or less how much it was and the other very important thing is that you kept an eye on your bank account Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to you know just uh, go with the flow and then suddenly you are somewhere and 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 there isn't much left in that bank account so at some point though you decided to pass on your knowledge you decided to use all this knowledge that you had gathered and to become a travel coach. Because to be honest, before I met you, or before I heard about you, I didn't actually know that there is something like a travel coach. So what does a travel coach do?
0: Yeah, well, I'll share first, like, how I even came across travel coaching and why. So even though I had a a degree in hospitality and tourism management, I knew about all the different options there were in the travel industry and hospitality industry. and uh, None of them interested me. I didn't want to work in hotels. I didn't want to be a flight attendant. I didn't want to plan and book trips and be a travel agent. And then over the years, when I started traveling, I traveled during a really prime time starting in 2010 to 10 years later. And there was a lot of change in the industry. There was a lot of technology. There was a lot of social media growth that also influenced jobs. So travel influencers, bloggers, travel writers, and more. But still, none of those interest me. And I said, I have this love of travel. I've traveled to so many places. I have a lot of information. People come to me all the time. I love to empower people. What can I do with this? There has to be something else I can do that aligns with how I want to help people with travel. I gave myself a lot of time. And then I said, when I'm 30 years old, I'll figure it out. In my 20s, I'm just going to enjoy travel and I'm going to see where this universe takes me. Um, Because times change. New jobs come about, technology, internet, everything. So you never know what opportunities come ahead. So I turned 30 and I said, okay, now I got to figure this out. And since I didn't find anything, I have to, I guess, create it myself. And I remember bringing a laptop with me for the first time traveling. I was in Northern Spain in Bilbao and I was sitting in my hostel and I opened up my laptop and I started Googling how to start an online business. What are people doing online? What are people doing in the travel space online? And Facebook caught on to me and started pushing coaching ads, business coaching, there was life coaching. That was the very first time I realized how big the coaching industry was. And something clicked in me right away and said, I want to be a travel coach. That's exactly it. I love empowering people to travel. I like helping them debunk all of these myths when it comes to travel. I'm going to be a travel coach. And as I was figuring out my travel coaching business, I wanted to focus in wellness and help companies uh, with wellness travel. And when I was writing about travel coaching online, I had others coming out saying, what is travel coaching? I wanna know more. And that's when I founded the Travel Coach Network at the same time. So essentially a travel coach is someone who doesn't focus on the planning and booking aspect of a trip. Instead, they help people set intentions for their trip. It's about using travel as a tool or vessel for transformation, for change, for healing, for personal growth, um, whatever it's think about all the motivating factors of why we travel in the first place. It's being mindful about using travel as that avenue to help us achieve that change in life. Uh, that could be for our personal life, our professional life, our relationships, our, our uh, well-being, and more. So it's just, uh, you know, helping people with those intention setting. And then within that, there's a lot of travel agents who are travel coaches as well. They combine travel coaching. So if people do plan and book trips too who are travel coaches, it's really grown tremendously, especially over the past few years.
1: Wow. I am in awe now because uh, I'm a life coach. I trained mm-hmm. to be a life coach and I, I I should be a travel coach. I just <laughs> because, you know, as I said before, we do many things in our lives. I did many things in my life, but I have only one big laugh and that is travel. And as I mm-hmm. said, it will never go no matter how old you get. Two things I noted while I was listening to you, you said before, before that you changed your money mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, the people who are listening, would you be willing to tell us how you did that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I grew up with a single mom and we didn't have very much food. Uh, We had to eat at my grandparents' house. We were my babysitter's. If we wanted food, dinner for the night, we would often go to, I had secondhand clothes. I grew up thinking that I had to hold on to every dollar, every cent that I had, because we didn't have enough. And it was really hard for me to not do that, um, to carry that on and to change that. Luckily, I learned to the value of a dollar and how to make a dollar stretch, but, with that said because i was able to travel on a budget i knew how to balance what i had and get to where i was trying to go based on what i how much money i had um but to change my money mindset even into business um i it, it was a process it's a journey i had to realize that money will come back to you and it's just a form of energy so instead of holding it on and having to hang on to every dollar i had to learn to invest so just like traveling, I was investing myself, I was investing my mental well-being, I was investing my personal growth. Same thing in business. I had to invest in my business. If I wanted my ideas to come to life, I needed to invest in whether that's technology to help me get there, whether that was marketing, whether that now is my team, TCN team, um, I had to invest. And I. it's still a process to learn that you know money comes in and money comes out. Um, But knowing that you always have enough money, always I always tell myself that I have more money than I'll ever need and money will flow to me in abundance because we feel like I can't spend this money because I don't know when it's I'm gonna get it back again. But if you shift these little mindset, these make these little shifts in your mindset, the universe will show you that it will come back. If you put in that time, that energy, and you truly believe in what you're capable of and what you are worthy of, it will come back. So just like traveling, who knew that this broke college girl who had no money could travel to 84 countries without ever running out of money and then form two businesses on her own. Like I'm proof that anyone can do it if you shift that money mindset. Knowing that you will get money And that you can manage the money that you do have in smart ways and taking risks with it sometimes too. But again, it's all a process. It's all a journey. It's not something you change overnight. Um, I still have little habits, which I'm actually very happy of. I'm very thrifty. I love going to thrift stores and, you know, I still love to sell little things that I have to make money. So I find where I rather have money put um, versus I'm not a big materialistic type of person. I'd rather have money in my bank account because that would either go towards my business or, you know, I would donate that or something like that. Money is, you have to have a different perspective on money too. And that's the same thing for people who travel, who want to travel and feel like I don't have money to do it. I'm pretty sure you have money to do it, or you can find the money to do it. It's just that motivation and that mindset around it. And you, everything in life is up to you. You can make, you can do anything, you can make anything happen, but it's all up to you.
1: Amazing, amazing! It's moving from a space of scarcity to to a space of abundance, uh, and yeah. and uh, and when you're in a space of abundance, you know that there is always a lot enough. And mm-hmm. I think it's also important to know that there is enough for all of us in this part of the world. And of course, mm-hmm. you have traveled to parts of the world where things are a little different. You know, we're not yeah. not everywhere, and I think that's where also this feeling of gratitude comes in, you know, understanding how blessed we are.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Travel has done that to me so much to this day. I tell my now husband, I'm so used to saying fiance, my husband, I I. You know, I give money to, you know, someone on the street if I feel like they are hungry and they need something. I see them looking in the trash and I, you know, if I don't have food on me, I'll give them um, some money, um, you know, to to, uh, the animal shelters. I'm a big animal fan. So I tell them all the time, we are very, we should be grateful for what we have. Not only the house that we have and what we have in our life and, you know, the family we have, but we have money and not everyone, not everyone in this world is as fortunate and to even have food for their stomach. So, you know, it's, it's that too, like money will, it's just money. It will come back to you if you know, it, it's all your perspective on, on life and on it. But traveling has opened my eyes tremendously to that based on the places I've been to around this world. But what I've also learned that money is not going to make you happy, which you will hear many, many wealthy people say, um, it does not bring you happiness. But some of the places I've been to where they don't have very much money at all are some of the happiest people and they don't have all these material things, but they sure do have love and smiles on their faces and warmth in their heart.
1: I so agree. And I remember on some of those very expensive trips when I was a tour guide, I had all these rich, miserable rich people who were never happy with anything. They were always looking for something to complain about, you know, nothing was ever good enough. So I so agree with you. There is a certain amount of money that we need to feel mm-hmm. free. I think money is freedom.
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's a mental freedom. Yes. Yeah. I growing up with, you know, with my mom struggling and stuff. So I know I have seen both sides of it and it's how you also live your life and how you, the ha- it comes down to gratitude, you know, that, that perspective that you have on like, what I have is enough or creating the lifestyle that you do have too. because sometimes, like you said, people, no matter how much money they have, no- nothing ever seems enough for them.
1: Yeah, very true. Now, you were saying before that um, you went to places where people had very little and were smiling. In your opinion, where do you think are the happiest people?
0: Yeah, um, oh, geez. One of my, the memory, the story I was uh, referring to is my very first time in Southeast Asia, I was, I went to Japan and then, which are the, the, the kindest people I've ever met. They're so sweet. Then I went to Taiwan, same, same, uh, same thing. But when I was in Taiwan, I had booked a ticket to go to the Philippines. So living in Chicago, I had a lot of Filipino friends. I heard a, l- learned a lot about Filipino culture. So I wanted to visit the Philippines. And unfortunately at that time, the largest super typhoon went through the Philippines, part of the Philippines and was going through the region that I was had a ticket to go into and to say boom. So I, I had to cancel that. I actually got injured myself. So I came back home to get better. And while I was getting better, I was on the couch and I was like, well, I'm going back to Asia and I'm going to the Philippines once it's safe enough to fly in there. So I Googled, how do I, how can I go and help in some way? I had no plan. I never had plans traveling. So I said, I have time. I'll make my way there. Can I help in some way? And I came across a group of, uh, a global group of uh, volunteers. And I don't remember how I found them, but I, they said, yeah, here's the directions on how to get here. So I flew in it was a long journey to get there. I had to take a ferry over to an Island called Bentayan. And I, it was my first time in the Philippines. I knew nothing about the country and it was destroyed. The region I was in was absolutely destroyed. It, this typhoon took away everything. It looked like a tornado went through Everything was damaged, homes were damaged, people were living in trees under pieces of wood. It was crazy. And the weather was still bad and it was still kind of scary with the weather. There was very, very little electricity, very uh little food on the island because the ferries couldn't get over there because the water was so choppy. So I was living on this island with this group of people and, and the people that the locals that lived there. I stayed there for a month and You would think that they would come needing things from us, like food, like everything. Instead, it was the complete opposite. They wanted to feed us. They wanted to welcome us. They gave us shelter. They gave us warmth. They gave us clothes. They, you know, did everything for us, said thank you every day. Like, I'm not what did I do? I didn't do anything yet. They're just like, thank you for being here. And so a lot of the volunteers ended up living. Living there for years and became part of the families, and um, I ended up going back two years later to the same exact island to go revisit and see how how it was. And those people were so resilient and rebuilt, and were stronger than ever. And now there was tourism, so now they had more jobs and they were making money and they were just the happiest people even before the very first time i went their smiles the kids were just running they you know lost all their school uniforms they were going to school in pajamas i gave one kid my backpack because he didn't have a backpack anymore they were just so happy and i have so many pictures of just smiles on their faces and these are people who had very little to begin with and now that was taken away and they were still happy and and grateful and giving and everything so like It really puts life in perspective that we don't need stuff and the stuff that we do have, we should be so grateful for what we do have. Even the dollar that we make people. I've been to countries where they make such little money and they work so hard and how easy is, is it for us to make money and how lazy we can be to make money? Like it just, it's not fair sometimes, you know? So it's what we learn through travel and how we apply that to who we are and and the life that we have.
1: Wow. I love the thing. I love that it's the Philippines because the funny thing about my podcast is that um, I'm also the director of the Global Women Club Cyprus and we have a club in Manila Mm. And Manila is my absolute favorite club because of that, because they are so welcoming. Of oh, course, yeah. I only see them on Zoom because it was it started during COVID. But I met a man, a, sing, a, a singer from the Philippines called Jose Marie Chan, who actually um, sings mostly Christmas songs. And he is probably the most famous singer in the Philippines and Christmas <laughs> starts in September and his songs are played in the, in the malls and at the airport as of September. And it's my um, episode with the most downloads.
0: Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: um, oh, it's oh, all connected to the Philippines. So this is a shout out to all our friends in the Philippines who are listening to this episode. I know
0: there's so many beautiful places in the Philippines and And, you know, everything that people look for on a vacation, the Philippines has it too. And it's just, you know, it's a place that I I would hope more people go to um, because it's just absolutely beautiful there in every way, shape or form.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And you are so right about everything you say about how hard people have to work and how little they earn and how arrogant we can sometimes be or some people are with instead of you know understanding that what you said and and you know just give a tip I mean how much is a dollar for us or two dollars for us and it can mean the world to them and um, now this is you know as we do this the world it's the first world the third world whatever we want to call it what do you think is the biggest first world problem
0: Honestly, I think the biggest problem that we have in, in these, you know, developed countries is how spoiled we are and being that spoiled. It's if you don't leave this and sheltered, because if you, you don't know what you don't know, and if we are so, we have so many different things, we have so many different options. We are just used to it we don't know anything different we don't know what it's like to not have stuff or not have the option to have stuff or, or you know to live in safety or anything like that so um i think that really crowds our brain and and can hinder people from forming perspectives and empathy and compassion but that's what travel can do it takes you out of that comfort zone i always say if this if everyone was able to travel to some extent in their life to places that was beyond their home, um, the world would be a lot kinder of a place, a lot more understanding of a place too. Um, but I definitely think it's just that we <clears throat> live in abundance and we don't really know anything other than that. Of course, not everyone grows up with, you know, th- there's poor areas and stuff. I'm very well aware of that. But even that those situations... We are still pretty blessed for what we do have based on how regions of this world can be and the lifestyles that some people have in this world. You know, we at least have our safety. We have our health. And not everyone has that. Yeah, that's
1: so true. And um, if people traveled more or, as you say, if everybody had the opportunity to go somewhere, there would also be a lot less racism for example a lot more because so many countries are just it's just uh, propaganda they are just wrongly explained and full of so many nice people and and you know it's just because you listen to the news and the news you know I think fear is a big factor and oh, yeah. um, the comfort zone as you say you mentioned the word the comfort zone and the comfort zone in my opinion is the place where our dreams go to die so mm-hmm. um if somebody's listening to us now and, you know, like maybe, I don't know, 20 and never left the U.S. or their country, wherever they are, and they'd like to, but they don't have the courage, what would you tell them?
0: Well, this is a very easy plug for me, but, and I'm not necessarily trying to plug this, but I did put everything that I do talk about and encourage people and have done myself throughout my 20s traveling into a, my book. Um... My book is called, Hey, You Just Go. It's on Amazon. Um, And so it has all every single budget tip and trick that I use and technique that I use to be able to find affordable travel and to make the dollar stretch, but also how to make money if you want to travel, how you make money at home. Literally everything that I did, I put into this book because people always ask me all the time. Um, But honestly, upon that, I would say, set a goal for yourself and have and and don't depend on other people too many times people especially if they're young they listen to the outside noise of it's not safe you can't go by yourself or you don't have enough money to do that you can and you do so set a goal for yourself if no one wants to go with you perfectly fine you will make more friends around this world that you probably than you probably have in your hometown i know i do um you will always find travel buddies. You will always meet incredible people. You will never actually be lonely. This world, you're you're always surrounded by people. Um, If you are not sure how you're going to be able to afford it, do some research. There's so many different people out there with different resources on how places to go to, to make your dollar stretch and, you know, budget tips and tricks and hacks and everything like that. The internet is full of it. Um, And, anything is possible if you want to make it happen for yourself, but you have to have that, that fire within you to want to make that happen. And that's, I did, I had, um, and I didn't care what anyone said. I didn't care what society said that I should do after university. And it's, At at that time, I didn't care that my mom wanted me to work for a company and and climb the ladder and get a good title. I mean, she's just as proud of me now of what I've created on my life. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't traveled. Um, And so, do yourself that favor and just try it. Just try one trip. Set you know a a start and an end date and see what it does for you. And you know, not everyone's an avid traveler. Not everyone wants to be a global backpacker. I totally get it. It's not for everybody. But traveling really can transform you even in one trip. So, you know, take that leap and don't just say you're going to do it. Do it.
1: So it's called Hey, You Just Go. We're going to put the the link in the show notes and um, I'm going to get it too because I'm curious what you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
0: you. I had a blog when blogging started to let my mom know I was alive in different countries because that was the only way I could communicate early in the, when I first started traveling. And I would track the analytics on Blogspot. And I had two most popular blog posts, and they always were about how to travel when you can't afford it, how to travel the world when you can't afford it. And I turned that into my blog.
1: Fantastic. We're already very far in time, far, (laughs) far, far, close to the end. But you just got married now and it's not you anymore on your own. So what's going to happen now? What What's going to happen in the future?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm so glad that I did all the travels that I did um, when I did it because I'm just in a new phase in my life. Not only am I running two businesses for the past five years and a little bit of overlap was traveling while do, doing that. But now I travel for business. I travel for conferences. I travel uh, for meetings and for events. Um, and then I travel now with my husband. We try to incorporate, I'm doing a lot more domestic traveling because I, I didn't do that before. It was always easier and more fun and more affordable for me to go to another country. Um, but now we're doing a lot of domestic traveling and we have a little one on the way. So soon it's going to be three of us, um, you know, going to explore different places. And I'm also a place In my life, where I want to share that with someone, I want to take in those memories. It's not about fulfilling me anymore. It's about now nurturing our relationship and having new memories and exploring this world together too.
1: Wow! So there is a new little traveler on the way.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. So there's been there's been a lot going on. So wedding this Saturday, and we have a a little one uh, coming in December. So we're gonna have a little Christmas baby.
1: December. I was born on the 26th of December. It's the worst day of the year. Don't give birth on the 26th of
0: December. (laughs) I will not try not to do that. (laughs) Nobody's interested
1: in your birthday. Do it on the Christmas day. Then you can at least say it's my birthday as well. And it's Christmas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the baby is due uh, as of now, the baby is due uh, Christmas Eve.
1: Oh wow, that sounds good. Good enough. (laughs) And in case it is on the twenty sixth of December, I'll be the godmother. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Sahara Rose. Also about the travel coach network, we'll put that link in the show notes and everything else that I will that I have found out about you. And um, I really, really want to thank you for taking the time to be on most memorable journeys today.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me.
1: If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the
0: show notes.